Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 99 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with the one, the only Chrissy Rivers from Black Recovery Matters. On today's episode, Chrissy walks us through her recovery journey, and we talk about the added hardships and why it is so important to have safe spaces for people of color in recovery. Chrissy then tells us how Black Recovery Matters started and how Sunday Black Coffee meetings were formed. This is a fantastic episode, so let's get into it. Hello, Miss Chrissy. Hey, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm really, really excited to talk to you. And thank you for taking the time to chat today. Um, I came across your profile and um, like, like everyone, being inspired and motivated through Instagram, mm-hmm. um, through Black Recovery Matters. And yeah. I think right now this is a very, very important issue and and subject matter. And I wanted to, you know, learn more about you and how this came to be, how you came to create Sunday Black Coffee Meeting and, you know, your profile, Black Recovery Matters. Okay. First, before we dive into like all that amazing, great stuff that you're doing. Yeah. I want want to back it up and, and learn about you and your personal recovery. So if you could kind of take us on a journey there. Where it's sure. Yeah. Um, well, I was 11 the first time I smoked pot. Um, I smoked pot before I ever drank. Um, and, um, and I took my first drink that same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first time I smoked weed, it didn't really do much for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of us, you know? Yeah. But, boy, when I drank, I drank some red wine at my friend Meredith's house. And, Mm -hmm. um, I actually took my first drink. She said, 
so have you ever drank alcohol before? And I was like, yeah, lots of times. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. You're right. It's actually how I lost my virginity and how many things have come to pass in my life. I'm just too prideful to say I've never done that before. So yeah, you know, throw me in. Um, And uh, so we, we drank this cheap red wine and I got loaded and um and I just felt like I had all the answers all of a sudden you know as an 11 year old kid but I had um had a mental illness from pretty early on like I can remember at nine um having suicidal thoughts um I guess I should back up and tell you at six I I was six years old when I discovered my blackness so um I am biracial my family is white. My mom, um, my mom was sexually assaulted, and that's how she got pregnant with me. Oh wow! And um, she married a, a white man, so they're both white. And mm-hmm. he was my stepfather. And it was really when my brother was born, their, you know, both of their natural child, that things got really confusing <clears throat> because. Um, he looked so different than me, you know, and by that time I was in school and kids were saying things like, you know, that's not your mom, that's not your dad. And, and I wanted explanations, you know, Yeah. so she sat me down and explained it to me. And um, so from the moment that I found out that I was black, it was always connected to um, not being as, not being as good as, you know. Um, I don't know. Have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? No. And you are literally probably the 10th person to, to, to talk about this book, to mention it. It's obviously a sign that I have to read this book. (laughs) I feel like every woman has to read this book. Okay. Um, Like a rite of passage kind of thing. It is. Most definitely. She just, she, she's really able to identify, um, feelings that I have never that I've never been able to unearth or put words to wow okay one of those she talks about I love you no matter what um Mm -hmm. she's she's really referencing this concept and like she's watching a, a, a movie where there's a gay character who comes out to their parents and the parents are really accepting of this person's sexuality but their response is you know we love you no matter what and she elaborates on that no matter what being mm. you know we that's something you say when someone is not quite as good or when your right, kid right. has done something bad you know yeah uh, and so that's really what I heard you know okay. was, we love you even though yeah despite right like what <laughs> right <laughs> but there's no way to reconcile that you know as a six or eight or 10 or, you know, 15 or 35 year old, really. Um, at least there wasn't for me. So, um, I drank, I think initially I, I just needed to feel okay. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, alcohol really helped me to feel loose, you know, Mm -hmm. and good until it didn't, until it ruined everything, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, uh, my, my parents divorced when I was in my teens, they had a couple of kids and, um, my, my mom is 
maybe she's an addict or an alcoholic. That's her, that's her for her to say, but she wasn't always able to be around for us. Yeah. And so I ended up homeless at uh, 15 oh, wow. and working in strip clubs at 18, mm-hmm. pregnant at 19. And, um, and then I finally, I started working in like the apartment business mm-hmm. after I'd had my son to get out of the strip clubs. Uh, and I got sober at 28. So, um, yeah. And, you know, my son was, he was eight or nine by that point, but, um, he spent the rest of his raising with me sober. And so that's probably the biggest saving grace I think thus far in my life is that he didn't have to go through all of his life watching me destroy myself, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. What led you at 28 to get sober? Oh God. Um, (laughs) You know, how many hours do we have? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So many bad relationships. You know what it was? I think I can sum it up like this. Mm -hmm. The last six months of my drinking and drugging by that point, I mean, I was using um, meth regularly. I was drinking almost every day and I was taking prescription pills wherever I could get them. Um, plus, you know, Coke on the weekends, right? Cause that's fun. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could do meth Monday through Thursday, but you know, yeah. Coke like recreational, um, <laughs> fancy on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, let's see the last six months of my drinking and drugging, I um, got into some really destructive relationships. Mm -hmm. I was chasing, I was chasing one guy in particular who, you know, he had two girlfriends and I was his side piece. Oh, wow. Um, Right. Uh, I stole from my employer and was caught. Mm. Um, And um, fired. Mm -hmm. And I lived where I worked. So that meant we were being evicted. Oh no. Right. My son was little. We were um, really living in a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, those last six months, as I was kind of destroying my life and everything leading up to that point, I would think every day, like, I want to stop. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just want, just want to stop living like this. And then the next day would come and I would have to drink or you know, drink or drug to function. Yeah. It was like that every day was groundhog day. You know, Mm -hmm. I would go to bed with shame and disgust for the way I was living and swear that tomorrow I was going to do it different. And then tomorrow would come. And, you know, the only way that I could function would be, you know, to blot out whatever I'd done the day or the week or the month before, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that firing and the end of those relationships and the eviction all happening at the same time was just, it was God's grace, you know, because I was so broken. I was willing to do really anything different at that point. Yeah. And then what happened? Like, what did you, what did you do differently? Um, well, I went to rehab. Okay. Uh, That's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a treatment center only for six days. Right. Um, okay. And, and I should tell you that 
because I started drinking and using so early, I had been to treatment several times throughout my life. Okay. So I, I kind of knew, you know, the ropes. Um, okay. But this time I checked myself in, which I'd never done before. And, um, and I, like I said, I wasn't in there long. They told me to pray for my family. And I was so filled with resentment. I couldn't comprehend the concept of praying for these people, you know? Right. I, I don't think you heard me. I've been homeless and, yeah. you know, and jobless and nobody loved me and no one's come to visit me here at rehab. And, you know, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Pray for these people. So I left. Um, yeah. But I knew of a 12 step group that was really close to where I'd been living. And so I left treatment bitter and went into 12 step recovery equally as bitter, but they would allow me to just sit there and stew, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was Sometimes kind of you just need to vent, man. Like <laughs> let me be angry. It's okay. I was so angry, man. Yeah. I was so angry. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Like, who could blame you for being angry? I think so many, I, I get so annoyed when people are like, Oh, don't be angry. Oh, she's getting angry again. It's like, ooh, ooh. yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, are you surprised? <laughs> because an angry woman is a bitch, you know? Yes. You're, Heaven you're, forbid. Right. I mean, an angry dude is empowered. An angry woman is just a bitch. You mm -hmm. know? Mm hmm. Oh, you better watch that. <laughs> watch that anger. You know, control it. Smile yeah. through it. Be sweet. Be attractive. Yeah. But don't oh. be emotional, you know? I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flour, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com 
slash ASGG. Heaven forbid. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's basically how I got, you know, into the program and, you know, sober and at least started. I did relapse. That was 06. And I relapsed um, in 08, early 08. Okay. Out for just a couple of weeks. And I really needed that because um, I was really convinced that I was that I was not actually an alcoholic, but I was only a drug addict. And so mm. my, I did not consider alcohol a drug really at that point. My whole mindset was like, one day I'm going to be able to drink like normal, you know, mm. but that was that really that meth that fucked my life up, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I needed to drink so I could fully comprehend what it means to, you know, there's a program that talks about the phenomenon of craving, right? Mm-hmm. And I needed to understand what that was, to take a drink and then be taken by it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Be taken by it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no real denying that. You know, the, yeah. the writing's kind of on the walls when you're like, okay, when you relapse and you're like, oh, you know what? Hard check. I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> yes. Have you had that experience of like, you know, I mean. Oh, just 10 years of it. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a slow learner. I'm uh, a little, you know, slow on the uptake. Mm-hmm. I am naturally blonde. So that does play into it. It is true. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not naturally blonde, but I'm a slow learner, so I, I understand that. <laughs> hey, but you know what? We got it. We we it, we it took us a little while, but we came around. That's right. That's right. right. Now we're yeah. Now we're helping yeah. other people. So. Exactly. So you've been sober since '08. Yeah. Wow. February of '08. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. And how has your life changed? Oh, gosh. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest about this. Please. I don't normally condone brutal honesty because it's <laughs> usually mean, but this is just about my own life and experience. Um, my life has changed. My, my outlook has changed exponentially. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationships have changed exponentially. My circumstances not as much. And, um, I think that's where black recovery matters has come in. Right. Um, I was able to work the steps and, you know, I had a spot, I have a sponsor and I sp- I've sponsored other women and, you know, I've made amends to people and paid back money I owed and changed my behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, all of that. Like I would not trade any of that. I also sing. And so I got to start singing in church, um, in 2009, I guess, Mm -hmm. eight or nine. And that's been an incredible, like enriching experience to get to not only sing, but do it for my relationship with my higher power. Yeah. Oh God, it's, it's been the greatest, but, um, I've honestly, I've watched, I may sound really bitter. Um, I don't care. Um, I've watched a lot of my white counterparts, my white friends in the program Mm -hmm. 
you know, grow in their positions at work and their income has changed, mm-hmm. you know, dramatically and their circumstances have really, really improved over the years. And that's kind of where that, I mean, that hasn't happened for me and it's not <clears throat> because I don't try. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I educate myself constantly and work really diligently to be better so much so that I think sometimes it exhausts people mm. how, how much time and energy I'm willing to put into self-development and uh, you know so I'm still kind of monetarily in the same place that I was yeah 15 years ago and you know it is what it is I, I haven't really registered with that much until 2020 yeah it's the honest God truth of it, I couldn't have had this conversation with you in January of this year. I, I wouldn't have really recognized it. But, you know, the climate of our country has really changed my perception um, mm-hmm. about a lot of the ways that I've been able to grow, you know, um, professionally. So anyway, I probably need to think more about that before I talk more about it. But it's on my no, mind. I, I, I think that's a great realization. And it, it seems to me like you're doing all the right things, right? You know, mm-hmm. like being a good sober person, quote unquote, but you're not really seeing the results that, that other, you know, white people are getting. And it's true. Like, you know, I've, I was in and out of AA um, for 10 years and I would see like all these like Bentleys, Rolls Royces, you know, all these super successful people. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, and yeah, they're all white. Yeah. Straight up. Even now the world that I'm in professionally, you know, I need a, I need the passport of a white guy's approval in order to sit in on the conversation. And, you know, thank God for that white man's approval because I wouldn't have a place in the conversation at all without him. But um, it's it's also tough to resent that. You know, I had a, a conversation this week with someone who um, it, our interview was over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so I assume that this guy didn't know that I was biracial or I'm black. And um, okay. and he his questions were like, wow, I, he kept saying things like, I you know, I can't I can't believe you're at the level that you're at. And, you know, like oh. they, not doing more and um and he would say things like are you so have you do you have a degree in this and I'm like no I'm self-taught I if I don't know how to do it then I go find something that will teach me how you yeah. know and ask the questions and I was really yeah. impressed by that and I thought I wonder how he would feel about this if he could see me you know mm. um it just I'd never I've never had that kind of an interview before, but I've also never had an interview that wasn't face to face. Right. So um, it was just so flattering and so generous to my skill and education, you know? Yeah. It's still spinning in my mind, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, I can't help but like kind of connect the dots back to your childhood, right? Like that, like, Oh, we love you despite or you know even though right right do you still feel that like it it sounds like that's still 
that energy is still around. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I found myself, you know, stone cold sober throughout my recovery Mm-hmm. chasing after the approval of people who don't want me back and I don't I think that this is not a black woman thing or even just a woman thing I think we do this as people right some of us yeah. who aren't as well um honed into our own value I'll seek the approval of someone who isn't giving it to me because if I can earn it then somehow I've won you know yes And I can do that. I can do that in female relationships. I can do it in professional environments. I can do it on a stage singing to a crowd. It does not work in romantic love. You know, Mm -hmm. there is, there is no convincing someone that you're sexually attractive when they're not sexually attracted to you, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I've tried. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's painful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just hit a wall mm-hmm. and it starts to feel like there's something wrong with me. But the only thing that's wrong with me is that I keep going back to these dry wells hoping today there's some water, you know? Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. I don't I even I even get that from like even just like relationships, like in like any kind of relationship. It doesn't it doesn't have to necessarily be like a partnership or like love interest like I when you change your relationship with alcohol you realize you have so many hours in the day I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen Osea's clean vegan and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Yeah, yeah, I'm like seeking, like trying to win people over. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a rush. It's like kind of, you know, a little bit of an addiction there. It is. Yeah. Like I'm addicted to like the working for it. And, and, you know, if I, if I, if I work hard enough or if I prove myself hard enough, like this is like, then I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself thinking about it? Like at night, like what you're going to wear or what you're going to say or how you're going to be when you're around them so that they'll. Yes. Of course. It's like, I'm playing out a movie in my head. Yeah. And I'm like orchestrating. Like right. little things to to say or to you know to tip off a conversation so that I can swing it maybe in my favor. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I find out what they like yep. so that I can like it too, you know? Right. Um, right. And then it turns out I don't know what I like because I'm too busy trying to, you know, find out more about what someone else mm-hmm. is interested in, you know? Mm-hmm. And I am tired from that behavior. I think that's what's been really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, the the bright side, if there is one, of all of this conversation around race that continues is that for some of us, it's been so liberating to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to try to be who you want me to be anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to spend my time and energy trying to figure out what it looks like to be who I want to be and be interested in what I'm interested in, you know, yeah. I found myself um, at the start of this, like, was I back in June, I guess, late May or June when George Floyd was killed. Um, mm-hmm. Telling, telling the person I've been obsessing about for a year, you know, I'm into you mm-hmm. and you know, it wasn't reciprocated. And at first it was painful. Yeah. And then it was like, great. Fuck that. It's time to move on. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's liberating freedom. You're yeah. Like, cool. Totally. And now I look at that person and I'm like, he's a great, he's a great dude, but he's not my great dude. There's not really anything even that's that outstanding about him to me, except for the fact that he was not interested in me <laughs> and was available. You know, like, yes, he had a pulse and was, you know, (laughs) in my circle. And so it seemed to me that I should try, you know? Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. dude. And that, that energy just like translate in so many different aspects of our lives. It's, it does. It is exhausting. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't know about you, but I just don't want to do that anymore. I'm, I think the great thing about being in your forties also is the ability to go, no one is thinking about me, you know, like Mm. no one, no one out there in the world is wondering how and what I'm doing most Mm -hmm. of the time. I care, you know, and it's really, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough words or time to say, there is nothing more freeing than looking at myself in the mirror and liking what I see mm-hmm. and figuring out how to continue that for today. You know? Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you know Abraham Hicks? Yes. You know oh my God. You know, there's a video <laughs> where um, they say, if, if you look in the mirror and like what you see, then what you see will change. And mm-hmm. um, and I, it's, I'll send it to you. I will, ha- you'll have, it's, it's wonderful for like body, body work and, um, morning meditation stuff. Okay. Um, and I have just found that to be so true. When I look in the mirror and like what I see suddenly it, you know, or slowly it changes and I'm more and more comfortable with who she is. And then, and I find people saying, you're kind of different, you know, Mm. and, but never in a bad way. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I want to talk about, um, black recovery matters. 
Okay. And how that came to be. Can you let, let me in? Give me the 411. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Um, I started a, uh, an emotional sobriety, um, group this year. We were meeting via Zoom. And so we were reading a, a book about emotional sobriety and it was this group of maybe 10 or 15 people. Mm-hmm. I was the only black person, um, which, you know, is normal. Right. And didn't register with me much prior oh. to June. Um, but then, you know, throughout from, from March through June, sitting in meetings and people are sharing about COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and the pandemic and what it's like to be locked down and how emotionally traumatic all this is. Uh, and then Ahmad Aubrey is, you know, the video surfaces of him and, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it everywhere. And then George Floyd is killed and, um, and the world explodes in emotion. And I'm finding myself in meeting after meeting, even in my Monday meeting with my closest sober friends, um, unable to talk about mm. how much trauma has been floating around in my, you know, the forefront of my life. Yeah. How horrifying it is to see. And, and then, you know, you log in, I would log into a zoom meeting and a recovery meeting. And there's a guy wearing a MAGA hat, you know, um, and kidding me. No, <laughs> I mean, you know, cause I'm in Texas, right? Yeah. So it's, it's red. And, um, and then people are sharing and they're saying things like social unrest and I'm watching them stammer, you know, and it's mm-hmm. zoom. So you can't tell, but you feel like they're looking at you. And, <laughs> and, and I can't say what's really going on for the first time in my recovery. I'm very, very vocal, obviously, and very um, able to share about what I'm feeling. But for the first time in all of these years, I can't talk. Mm-hmm. And and it was just so infuriating, you know? And then a couple of weeks back, I'm having a conversation with some of these same groups of people. And one of them says, yeah, but this group has so many black people that come there. And I said, how many of them have long-term recovery? Mm-hmm. I want you to think of one besides me who has long-term recovery, because we do see people come in and out of this particular group. Um, who are black, but they never stay. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll see them, you know, a year or two down the road and they're back and they're new. And, um, and no, none of us could think of anyone besides me. And it just started me on this tangent. And I started reading about how black people are heavily addicted to narcotics, you know, statistically, mm-hmm. but come into the programs, the 12 step programs, and they don't stay. We seek treatment at higher levels than any other ethnic group. Mm. However, we have lower success rates than any other ethnic group. And I mean, it just became so crystal clear that, you know, what's happening is these people, we have no one to fellowship with. Yeah. And, and then there's a climate in lots and lots of states and atmospheres of, you know, 
like a good old boy mentality in Mm -hmm. the program, you know? And if you are a young black man who's addicted to a narcotic, who is expected to have, do your inventory, these are your options for sponsors. That's terrifying. It's horrifying. So why wouldn't you just turn around and walk back out the door? You know what you're going to get with this guy or you think you do, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I I really won't get uh, impassioned about it, but. um, No, I love it. Why are you sorry? (laughs) (laughs) For time's sake, uh, (laughs) you know, but I ended up the, just a few days later, saying, okay, well, I'm going to start a, start a Facebook group and see what happens. And, um, you know, there's not a ton of people in there, but the people who are there are really active and, you know, we made it secret so Mm -hmm. that it can't easily be found by scary people. Um, and the more conversations I've had, it's amazing. Like using the hashtags black recovery matters or black sobriety, Mm -hmm. um, there aren't, there have not been that many groups or pages. So people found me pretty quickly, you know, mm-hmm. people who were searching for recovery centered on um, black people mm-hmm. have found me and found our group really quickly because there's a, there's really a need, you know? Yes. So, and then Sunday black coffee meeting, um, yes. Can you can you tell us what that kind of looks like? Yeah, we how that's how do how people can join that and absolutely they can um, message me on Black Recovery Matters on Instagram. It's just okay. um, Black Recovery Matters, uh, or um, that's probably the best way to find it is to message me there. Okay, and I'll give the details. We meet Sunday at one p.m. Central, and we you know we just have have a conversation really we read some recovery literature and then everyone gets an opportunity to share and um so far it's been great because we have each talked about what it's like to to be black and Mm -hmm. the only one in the room um because all each of us who have attended thus far have had that experience on repeat you know so um, it's been great. Just an opportunity for fellowship and communication because we just want to be clean. We just want to be clean, stay clean and um, watch our lives transform, you know, yeah. and really be there for one another throughout what is so far the craziest time in any of our lives. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for doing this and creating this safe oh, space. Ah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for giving me a chance to talk about it. I, I am so, so grateful for, you know, any opportunity to invite anyone who wants to come into our spaces to assist in recovery. Yes. Well, I was just inspired by you and your messages and I was, I'm really excited to talk to you. So thank Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Jessica. I appreciate you so much. I have one more question for you. Shoot. To anyone listening to us right now who is maybe, you know, thinking about getting sober or going through the recovery right now, what is one piece of advice you could give to them? 
I'm so sorry about my dog. There's a FedEx guy outside. <laughs> this, I, it's authentic. Okay. We are at home. We are doing this. It is authentic. I'm trapped. There's just nowhere to go, you know? <laughs> uh, what is one piece of advice that I would give to someone in recovery? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one piece, huh? Would be find somebody you trust and take their suggestions. Yeah. Take, take their suggestions. Don't be someone who knows it all. If you knew it all, you wouldn't need their help to begin with. True. You know? Yes. Just Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Chrissy, can you give us your handle one more time for Instagram? Is that the best way to, to, to um, be introduced to you or is Facebook? What do you think is the best? Yeah. I mean, uh, black recovery matters on Instagram is probably the best place to find me. It's the place I'm most active right now. Um, but it's Chrissy rivers on Facebook. That's C H R I S S I E rivers. Um, and uh, yeah, black recovery matters on Insta. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chrissy. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah, I loved it. How amazing is Chrissy? And I just want to thank her again for being a pioneer and providing a safe space for people of color. As always, thank you so much. Couldn't do this without you. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe. We love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide and the blog. Head over to asobergirlsguide.com because we have you locked and loaded, baby. We got your back on everything from how-tos, tips, tricks, downloadables, challenges, even our own Sober Girl swag. Get your Sober Girl merch now. Head over to asobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.